0: If you're like us, you can't get enough of the NRL. You follow your favourite teams, you know the players, track their stats and you love watching the games every weekend. But what if you could take your love of the NRL to the next level? That's where we come in. We've created a Patreon with exclusive content for all our patrons. When you become a patron, you'll gain access to bonus episodes where we'll dive deeper into specific topics suggested by you and answer your questions each week. You'll also gain exclusive access to the footy brains team to provide individual analysis on your lineup, as well as additional notes and content we create for our podcast each week. We're passionate about the rugby league and we're passionate about helping you climb the ranks and win your head to head leagues. So if you love the NRL and want to take your game to the next level, please consider becoming a patron by following the link in the description. Your support will help us create even more great content into the future. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. I'm here again with Josh today and we're going to be talking all things draft for this episode. So um, Josh, mate, I might just hand it over to you to uh, maybe just introduce draft first. Then we can talk about some of the stuff we're doing through the pod uh, in regards to the Champions League.
1: Yeah, beauty. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah, this is this is the good stuff. This is the draft. Um, if you're a classic player and you enjoy it, I would recommend giving, giving draft a go as well It's something, you know, it's a little bit different, but you're using, I guess, kind of the same kind of tactics and skills as, as a classic. You're trying to find value and things like that. But one thing about the draft that I think is really cool is you've got just a bigger sample size of players, you know, with your classic, you kind of, everyone's focused on cheapies and people like that. So I think there's a decent amount of players that kind of just fall through the cracks because they're, you know, they're not your guns, they're not your cheapies, they kind of fall into this other category. So sometimes they're kind of not as relevant with drafts. You know, if you can, some of these other players can have some really big value and can kind of decide a season for you potentially. So it kind of helps knowing, you know, the ins and outs of every team and things like that. So that's one of the reasons I really like it. So um, I guess just kind of going into a draft one, I have, you know, put some things out over the socials last week or so, going through our, our Champions League and what we're trying to run. We're really trying to grow this kind of draft platform. So, yeah, if anyone's interested, please don't hesitate to message the page and, and reach out because, yeah, we're really trying to grow it. Got some interest already, so it'd be nice if we had, you know, three or four leagues and kind of a promotion relegation uh, system in place as I've been uh, kind of putting on the on the instas and on the socials there. But uh I guess going to draft 101, we're looking at, you know, it's not like classic in a sense that people only have the only have one player. Um sorry. I guess one player is only in one team. So there's no double ups on players, only one person can have Nathan Cleary. Um and one cool thing about the, the draft as well there's unlimited trades. So uh, you don't, you're not, you know, kind of limited to two per week. You can make te- team trades with other people in the league. There's the the RFA's, which are essentially the players that aren't on anybody's team. You can kind of dip into, and if someone's injured in your team or buys or things like that, you can dip into the RFA's and and plug in players as well. Um, anything I'm missing out here, Daniel? Some, some draft one hundred and one things that you think I should highlight?
0: Yeah, I mean, the the good thing about it is you don't really have a budget, right? So you know how we're constrained to that $10 million budget for Classic. You don't have a budget for any of the players. So basically, um, when you're doing a draft, you go through um, and say you've got 10 people in your draft league. Everyone goes through and has a chance one at a time to pick a player. Um, generally, obviously, you go through the, the high average players first and people are picking up, you know, your, your Cleary's, your Hines, your Cooks, your Murray's, all those players that are, you know, getting in the high 60 scores. Um, but, the yeah, like you said, the beauty of it is only one person gets that player. So um, as you go through the draft, people will be picking up players one by one. And it means, like you said, you get to actually go through all the players in um, NRL Fantasy, which doesn't really happen when you're doing Classic. Like, there's some that are just obviously fantasy irrelevant. So in classic, you're not going near those kinds of players that are, you know, mid, mid-range scorers, your 40 to 50 kind of scorers that aren't going to be sitting in your team unless they're, you know, basement price to make you value. Um, in draft, it's really picking the players that score you the best points for that week. So um, that's why draft is actually really good because it it kind of comes down to matchups week in, week out. Like you've got your consistent players that will score good scores every week but it does come down to matchups when you're looking at your centers, you wing a sometimes your halves as well. Um, So there is a bit of, you know, variability, is that a word? Sure. Um, In in the players you pick. Um, So I think, yeah, draft is really good when you can get a group of friends together. Like if you get eight to 10 mates together to do a draft, it's it's fantastic to have a league like this throughout the season.
1: Yeah. And it's funny about the matchups. I was thinking as I was watching the, the Dolphins' trial on the weekend. I was like, "Wow, whoever is the left winger against the Dolphins is going to just score bulk points this season because <laughs> what Campiero scored three tries in twelve minutes um, yeah. <laughs> against them." So, kind of things like that that you kind of like looking out for in drafts, and you know, whoever that left winger is might not be useful in your classic team, but could win you a week in draft.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Do you want to talk a bit about the the uh, the Champions League and how um, how people can get involved again? Sorry.
1: Yeah, no worries. So um, I guess the kind of general idea is we're trying to have multiple leagues, so three or four, and essentially if you're in the top three, you move up to the uh, at the end of the season. There'll be a top three, or and there'll be a bottom three, and essentially similar to kind of like you know, the English soccer and the relegation, promotion. If you're in the bottom three, you move down a league. So if you're in the second league and you bottom three, you go down to the third league and then, you know, vice versa, you're in the top three, you move up. Um, and I guess eventually just kind of having multiple leagues and people moving around and um, something that I've kind of always wanted to do is have something that, you know, if you, you win the top Draft league, you're kind of just like the overall champion of everything, um, so that would be pretty cool. And the way you can get involved, just message the page, and we can um, we can throw you in a league. So we're gonna try and probably by the end of Thursday, kind of cement the final positions of the leagues. Uh, you can message the page and either join our Patreon, and that'll give you, a, you know, the best spot in the leagues so we've had that we've got available. So, you know, we'd probably put you in either the first or second league and then there's also the option you can transfer us five bucks because so there's a cash prize for each league as well. Um, so, yeah, that five bucks will go towards that and we'll place to win, yeah, one of the other leagues where I've got a sport for you.
0: Excellent. Thanks, Josh. Um, I guess what are some other things to kind of keep in mind when you're thinking about draft that, I guess it kind of also affects head-to-head in a way. Um, some of the some of the issues in draft.
1: Yeah, I think one thing, especially for this season, that I'm trying to keep in mind is just being aware of where your uh, where your finals are for your draft league. So I think a lot of leagues are having kind of around starting around the round 24 mark when I think the Cowboys have a buy, and then the Broncos 25 buy, and then the Rabbitohs round 26 buy. Um, so it's, it's kind of tricky if you've got one of these early picks and you've got guys like Cam Murray or whoever in, you know, your sights for potentially a, a high pick in your draft. Do you want those players who are going to potentially be out for your grand final? I know that's maybe something you've been considering over the last uh, couple of days, Daniel. But, uh, you know, that's just kind of an extra added element in for this year and kind of you're running that risk if nobody trades with you during the season or things like that that you're running with potentially a few of your guns not available for that pretty crucial grand grand final week.
0: Yeah, thinking of guys like I guess Payne Haas, Cam Murray, Damian Cook, Reese Robson, you know, these guys that are like mid to high fifty scorers that or even sixty scorers for the likes of Cook and Murray that, you know, if you if you don't have them for a final or a head to head final, you're in big trouble. I guess in head to head you can you can trade them out quite easily because it's still using salary. You can still use your trades and you as long as you've got the cap, it's fine. But in draft it's a lot more difficult because obviously you can't really trade them with other people in the in the draft league if you know they've made the finals as well. They're going to be thinking why would I want this player if they're not going to play throughout the finals? So, um one to take into consideration when you are drafting, I guess, or one to take into consideration if you do draft them, you might need to trade them around mid-season to try to Get some decent value out of them before um finding someone that you can play during your final series as well. But that's also to say that you actually have to make the finals in the first place. So um <laughs> yeah, hopefully your season goes well for you as well. So moving on to I guess some of our consensus rankings. So through the Patreon, we uploaded um a document with our consensus rankings for draft. Basically it just goes through where all of us guys um rank each player in terms of the draft position. So um Josh, do you want to go through um some of our consensus rankings?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Something I just want to point out too, when I'm drafting and, you know, something that I I do a few different draft leagues, whether it's, you know, NFL, fantasy football, things like that, is trying to draft in tiers. So the general idea is that, yeah, you're keeping players that are going to average around the same in their own tier. Um, And you want to be drafting these players around the same time and not, I guess, going that tier below until, I guess, there's a run on of the board and on that particular position, which I guess, let me demonstrate this with an example, because it's probably, it's a little bit complicated, <laughs> but uh, for, for the hooker position, for example, you've got probably your first tier of, of hookers, uh, Damien Cook and Harry Grant, which, you know, we both think are probably going to average 65 plus or around that mark. So they're their own tier. You want to be drafting those guys around about, you know, the same picks, same round. So then kind of the tier below that you've got guys like Reese Robson, Brandon Smith, the Braley brothers, maybe Abby Coruscant. who are kind of in that, I guess in the fifties, um, or high fifties, potentially average. So they're kind of in their own tier, their own group. And, uh, Essentially, I, if there's a run on hooker in your draft, there's, I guess, like a tactic instead of, you know, if there's no people, like if, you know, Jaden Braley goes and then Blake Braley goes and Aki Korosau goes and everyone in that second tier is gone, um, I'm more inclined to wait until people start drafting in that next tier. So, Instead of, you know, going a hooker and kind of losing value because you're going that tier below, I'm looking at my other positions like the, you know, your halves potentially. Because I think when there's a run of hookers like that, there's kind of value to be had elsewhere, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Does that make I any sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get what you mean. Because if you're if if players are you like you get stressed out because someone like for example, I was talking to a mate last night about his draft and he was talking about how all of his halves um went really early. So by the fourth round, they had no premium halves to look at. So a lot of guys that are in your kind of high thirties, low forties were basically left like Brooks and Milford and you know, those kind of players. Um You can't get too stressed out by that during a draft. You've got to be really cautious in the fact that even though the halves are going, that means there's value sitting in other positions like your mids, like your centres, like your edges that people aren't going for because they're trying to pick up a half because they don't want to be weak in one position. It's fine to be weak in one position as long as you're strong in other positions to make up for it. So, um, yeah, you've got to be really cautious that even though some top tier and even, you know, just below top tier. So you, I guess S tier being your top tier, A tier players kind of going, um, you've got to be cautious that there are going to be other S and A tier players in other positions available at that time as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And depending on the position, it almost gets to a point. Like if the top, say 10 hookers in your draft of all being taken and you're, you know, one of the only people without a hooker left. You know, there's no point drafting them in round five, for example, if, you know, everyone else already has hooker. All those same options are still going to be available to you at probably round 10 or round 11 because everyone else has yep. got that position. Um, so you're better off kind of looking at these other positions and trying to find value like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, now talking about our consensus rankings as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think
1: this section Daniel I wanted to kind of we both have you know our different opinions where we're going to draft yep. people and kind of where they sit on our consensus um, but I wanted to bring something up with you because you have Pam Monster listed at 13 in your overall consensus ranking rankings he's listed overall for us in the footy brains as number seven he's number six for me um, walk us through your, your thoughts mate what's why are you down on on Cam Munster this season?
0: Uh, I think if you check that doc, I actually have him at fifth on my consensus. I have him a bit higher um, than what I actually thought I was going to have him at. So I was thinking he was going to be closer to your your Mitch Moseses, your Jamal Fogarty's around the six seven mark, but I put him up a bit just because the fact that Pappenhausen is out for the first you know eight to ten rounds because of his injury. I think Munster's going to get a lot more opportunity to score like he did at the back end of last season. So Munster for the first you know ten rounds actually has not value, but he's probably priced at where his average is going to be for the first few rounds until Pappenhausen is back. So I th- I'm kind of high on him um in that sense, but at the same time I think when Pappenhausen comes back we'll probably see his scores dip a little bit back to back to where we normally see them around the mid fifties. Um, but I just don't think he's I just don't think he's a top tier half this season. Um. Across the board, like if you look at other guys, like obviously your Cleary Hines and DCE are up there. I think there's a lot of value in your your Adam Dewey's or your Matt Burton's to to have a breakout year. Even Jamal Fogarty, now that he's starting the season with the Raiders, I think um, not coming off the back of an injury will actually be better for him um, to start the season. and I think he will he will come back to seeing him score in like the, the mid to high 50s like he used to.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I apologize for the confusion. I was talking about the overall rankings, not our uh, positional rankings, I guess. But oh, okay. um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the same analysis applies. That yeah, it makes sense. No, Pappy to start the season. I'm still quite high on Cam Monster. I'm still taking him around that six overall pick. I think um, probably just after someone like a DCE or I. I think it's almost a coin flip in between those two. I think they're both going to have good seasons. Um, but I guess for you, Daniel, is there anyone you want to pick my brain about anyone that you think is a crazy overdraft or underdraft on my, uh, overall rankings here?
0: Well, actually just to touch on that. So putting Munster, you know, in an overall, like if you're, if you're thinking, cause you, you said Munster is your, um, what six pick. So if you're picking him at pick number six that means you've taken him in the first round over guys like a like your david for feeders or um i don't know your isaiah yo as well in that kind of category is that is that kind of how you see him you think he's going to outscore those more consistent you know getting plenty of tackles and meters type players
1: yeah i do think so um i think just he's one of these premium halves that um are so good for your team like i just think there's the mid position has some, some depth with guys like, you know, I've harped on about Pat Carrigan who I really like or even guys like Tino and Ruben Cotter who I think the drop from someone like, uh, yeah, like a yo to a Carrigan isn't as big as going from someone like a monster to a Mitch Moses is kind of like my theory behind that.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I, I think Moses um, Munster does have some value in the early rounds, but I, I just, I still think once Papenhausen's back, he's going to go back to being kind of your average type of half, but I guess we'll see. That's fine. We'll see. Um, I actually had a question about your, your ranking for David Fafita. Um, talking to my mate yesterday, he, he said David Fafita went in his fourth round. So had him at about the, the 30 to 40 pick mark. Um, but you think he's a first right. rounder. What are your thoughts around that? I do. I think he's just due to bounce back, David Fafeeta. Uh,
1: he was a second or third uh, ranked for his position last year. And I thought, I don't know, he was pretty average for, for parts of that season. I think that's based on average um, as well. But he seemingly didn't do a whole lot last year and still was, you know, at the. Top of his position. I think this year, um, especially with now a little bit of doubt about Angus Crichton, uh, I think he's kind of the clear cut edge, at least in my opinion, and can be a real difference maker and kind of hit those 60 plus scores quite regularly. I think one other thing about David Federer, he's going into a contract here, which I think means he's going to kind of start the season on fire and, yeah, really, really blitz it. So I think he's undervalued that's I think that's crazy value if you get him in the fourth round I think obviously on draft boards he's a little bit lower um because of his average last year but I would probably yeah be thinking about him at the end of that round one uh round two turn for me
0: yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right there. He has to go within the first two rounds at some point. I, I think any later than that, and he's crazy value. So if he's sitting there in your third round um, pick of the draft, you you have to take him. There's no reason why he can't be a top tier um, scorer this year. Like he he had that year where he broke out and um, he was in he was scoring in the high fifties, low sixties, and you kind of had to have him in your team, even in classic, um, he he was the, that player that was going to get like you know five six tackle busts a game at least plenty of meters, even tries as well. And there's no reason why he can't bounce back to that this year. So I think he's, yeah, unders for for where he's at. For sure, yeah. So I actually wanted to talk to you about the, the kind of wing of fullback rankings that we had, because there's a few interesting ones in there They're they're kind of hard to pick wing of fullbacks because it's very much dependent on form and how many attacking stats they get and what their kind of role in the team is. And if that's changed over time, like your, like your Brian totos, how he's always been a, um, a kind of jet out from the, from the long kicks at the end of a set and he, you know, gets plenty of meters and tackle busts that way. Um, but I want to get your thoughts on guys like Ruben Garrick, who obviously he played a lot of fullback last year. Um, so his ranking is going to be quite inflated in draft and he's sitting quite high, um, as a wing of fullback at the moment. But what are your thoughts this year? Do you think he'll be still scoring well? Or do you think he'll able, uh, drop back to like your, you know, your mid thirties? Uh, actually, no, I think it was high thirties, low forties actually, when he was playing on the wing. What are your thoughts there?
1: I think he's going to be more or less the same, honestly. Uh, I think Wine is a weapon and his scores, even when they're on the wing, are arguably as good. Um, actually, maybe they're, they're a little bit less than when he was playing fullback, but they're still quite good. Um, he's obviously got Turbo feeding him the ball on those kind of like long sweeps, long sweeps to the left and he gets a lot more tries when he's out on that wing. So I think that kind of balances his kind of fullback base stats a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, if Turbo goes down at any point during the season, he's kind of the front-runner for that fullback spot as well. So, yeah, I quite like him, Bill, as a, as a pick. My only concern is that there is some like mail that he might be playing centre at some point this season, which I guess I don't really know how true that is. I think he's still going to stay on the wing, but, you know, there is that risk with him. But I think that he's still a top ten for the position.
0: Yeah, I think he's he's definitely up there at an option. I think he's going to be top point scorer this year. I honestly think that his move back to the wing that and the way Manly have started this season, um, winning the preseason challenge, of course, um, he has the he has the very extremely likelihood that um, he is top point scorer. Just with the amount of tries that he scores on that wing, and they're always trying to go his edge because he's actually so good in the air um, and no Saab as well in the team to start. So he's going to be getting all those high balls um, from DCE and plenty of, like you said, sweeping plays from Turbo. So if Manly start the season good, yeah, you could see Garrick skyrocketing up the up the rankings, to be honest, because he, yeah, he's a good scorer when he does get plenty of tries and attacking stats. I wanted to actually talk about the the centres as well, because it's another position that is really, in classic especially, it's really hard to pick gun centers or even find value in the centers. Most of the time we're looking at players like your Alamodis, your Talaus, you know, so guys that are basement price and going to make you a bit of cash because centers are so inconsistent. We've had a different center, um, be at the top of the end of season rankings every year for the last five or six years, I'm pretty sure. So it's, it's hard to choose which center is going to be top, but I think Joey Manu obviously sits as the obvious candidate, but, I think there's guys around him like your Val Holmes's and your Campbell Grahams, um, potentially even a Stags if he comes back to form that could, that could take that spot. Um, but I'm looking at your rankings and you've got uh, Talakai in your top, uh, top seven, I guess. Um, what's your, what's your thinking about Talakai?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty big on Talakai this season. He was kind of a weird one last year. He obviously had those, two huge games, one where he you know, ran over Morgan Harper about 30 times and what did he post, nearly 100 for two yep. of those games. Yep. Um, so, yeah, he obviously got pretty hyped up. I think he's going to – I think another preseason playing the position and interestingly, his scores when Teague Wilton is playing on that edge are a lot better and I think – when I think Teague Wilton is going to be the starting second roller for the Sharks over Wade Graham because I think he kind of takes a little bit of tension away from Talakai and gives him some extra space. So I think that's part of the reason my ranking for him is a little bit inflated. He obviously dropped off a little bit at the back end of last season when Wade Graham came back, but I'm anticipating he has a little spike with, yeah, Teague Wilton from all reports, He's going to win that spot over Wade Graham. And uh, I think that helps Talakai.
0: Yeah, that, that's fair enough. I think it'll be interesting to see the kind of combination um, between Talakai and Wilton, but also what the minutes are going to be like for for Wilton on an edge there, especially with Graham on the bench. I've got a feeling that it's probably going to be close to 50-50 in terms of minutes. So I don't see huge value in Wilton, but guys around him, if that does influence, you know, your Talakai's... Um, and who's on that wing? Will Italo potentially on that wing? Um, yeah. yeah there's, there's all the all the possibility that inflates their scores a little bit. But I would think Graham would have been the kind of the obvious one to provide better scores because generally he's drawing and passing most of the time. But then again, defenders probably have to focus on Wilton a bit more because he's actually a big um, runner of the ball as well.
1: Yeah, you got that run, line running ability as well. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't know. That's my theory. I just... I kind of like him as well because he's got those explosive stores for for a draft i'm always kind of looking at guys that can potentially win you a week and he is yeah definitely someone if he goes off and gets you a you know 80 plus score as long as everyone else in your team performs relatively well it's uh yeah pretty good and usually wins of the week yeah absolutely
0: i think it be good now to go through each position in fantasy and just talk about which player we think is unders for, um, well, for what they can potentially score this year. So players like, I guess if you're looking at the hooker position, you know, players like a Tanner Boyd that, you know, aren't going to be ranked very high, but do present pretty good value if you can get them in the later rounds um, as well. So obviously for hooker, We'll, we'll start with Hooker. Mine is Tanner Boyd. I think that he presents um, especially starting half for the Titans, he presents a lot of value, obviously from a classic point of view. But in draft, he's not going to be um up there with guys that are averaging fifty around. Your, you know, your Jeremy Marshall Kings, your Braylee brothers, your Verils, those guys that are, are sitting a bit higher up the rankings. I think that uh you could probably get Boyd a couple rounds after some of those guys, just considering his average is lower on last season. Um and he yeah, he actually presents a player that could, you could kind of wait on, to be honest, and pick up better value elsewhere so that you can jump to Tanner Boyd later um, in your draft. What are your thoughts on the, the hooker position?
1: Yeah, I like the Tanner Boyd call there as well. Some of these kind of overlap with plastic a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tanner Boyd definitely, I think he's dual position in, in drafts with you know, all the buys and stuff this year is going to be super valuable as well. I really like, you know, we've obviously talked about the Brayley brothers kind of to death, I guess, um, as being values. I think they also present value in uh, in a draft setting. And then one that I'm like, I'm kind of a little bit interested in, who you can probably get really, really late is Jacob Little from the Dragons. Um, this is somebody you can almost have as your your backup hooker, I think, and take with your second or third last pick of your draft. Um, But I think he could potentially get that, you know, Andrew McCulloch 80-minute just sitting there tackling role, um, which could be really valuable. And if it's 45, 50 points kind of guaranteed each week by Jacob Little and there's no hooker on the bench, that's really nice, especially if you've got one of these other premiums and they have a buy or go down with injury. Uh, or you can trade him to somebody else who's kind of struggling in the position. So I don't mind him as kind of a late round flyer and some value as well.
0: Yeah, I, I actually really like Jacob Little. And I'll, in my mates draft the other week, um, Jacob Little went in the 17th round, the very last round of the draft, which is absolutely criminal, I think. The only risk to Little is the fact that you've got M and Sullivan kind of floating around that might take minutes. But if even if Little carves out a sixty seventy minute roll, I still think he you know he scores around the forty mark, um, pretty regularly. And knowing the Dragons this season, there's going to be plenty of defending, to do and plenty of tackles, <laughs> plenty to make. of tackles. So, yeah. Um, so Little, yeah, he should probably be going around your your late rounds for sure. But yeah, he's he's one of the better picks around those late rounds, not the last round, but yeah, probably a bench hooker to have um, a good backup as well.
1: I think for the hooker position, especially, it's. That's a really nice one to have a backup because yep. there is, yeah,
0: it's usually a pretty shallow position. So, yeah, one to have an, a backup on is is nice. Always have a backup hooker. Never go one hooker <laughs> the whole season. Always have a backup. Um, okay, moving on to the mids. Uh, what's your value option in the mids? One of two that I'm kind of
1: looking at, uh, again, we're kind of talking guys that you can get after the kind of Push on 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 mids, than people you can kind of get value on towards the back end of your draft. So uh, we've talked about you know guys like Carrigan and Adam Elliott, kind of in the classic sense that could present some value. But I think in draft, some of the kind of forgotten names, guys like Luke Thompson, who I think you can get really late, is someone who's kind of interesting to me. Um, he kind of had a weird uh, season last year with injury and you know, it seems like there was some kind of homesickness and, and bits and pieces going on. There's a potential, I think, if he comes back, you know, far and ready to go. And now with, you know, some of the injuries to TBJ and Josh Jackson going, there's definitely a role in that team for him if he uh, can kind of piece it all together, I guess. So he's one who I think you can grab late and just kind of see what happens with it if all kind of uh, all the stars align with him could potentially be a 50 averaging guy that you're getting more or less yeah, your last few picks.
0: Yeah, yeah, not wrong there. I think one that I'm kind of keeping my eye on, especially after the, the preseason um, trials, is uh, Nelson and Sofa Solomona. He's he's one that um, is very interesting. Even Christian Welch at the Storm, the fact that they've lost so much depth in the forwards means that there's extra minutes for for guys like Nass and Christian Welch that um they could easily pick up and you know run away with a a, for, a high 40s low 50s type score so definitely keeping on keeping an eye on guys like that that do present a little bit of value through the draft so i mean if you're left with players you know that are around your your Max Kings or your your Mitch Barnett you're not sure if you want to go them even like a Victor Radley type area you know you're not you're not a hundred percent convinced by them going someone that presents, you know, a different, obviously a different format to last year. The fact that they don't have forwards, you know, might have a bit of value um, in going one of those guys and seeing how it turns out rather than going with your, your standard type of player again. Yeah, for sure. I like that call as well. Thank you. That doesn't happen often. You don't normally praise yeah. what, I, what I have to say. Yeah, so that's good.
1: Once, Yeah. Some, some logical <laughs> coming from now. That's always good. <laughs>
0: Right. Oh, uh, moving on to the to the edges. Uh, what's your value pick?
1: Uh, yeah. I've talked about R F M, who's one of my kind of crutches this year that I really like. Um, and we talked a little bit the last episode about about Johnny, Johnny Bateman and uh, you know his potential value there. One that I'm kind of looking at, especially with his Angus Crichton news as well, is uh, Egan Butcher. As one of these last picks on uh, on your draft board, I'm not sure how long he'll he'll start on the edge there for you, but I I think if he's in this Rooster squad and you know potentially playing 60 plus minutes, he could be a really key kind of early difference maker in your in your team, especially with the Roosters draw at the start playing teams like the Titans, he could go absolutely ballistic if he's playing 80 minutes. No, sorry, not the Titans when he's playing the the Dolphins first first round. He could, yeah, hit to an 80-plus score and be a real difference maker. So here's one I'm, um, yeah, probably trying to get with my last couple of picks as well.
0: Yeah, fair there. Um, the one I had was actually Jermaine Hopgood. So he's obviously listed as an edge currently and based on his average last season at the Panthers, um, not exactly the best average. So the fact that he's coming into this Parramatta team and will be playing big minutes at lock, I think you can get him... I mean, people are going to have an eye on him because of his role this season, um, obviously. So in draft, you kind of have to be thinking about him, but you could definitely get him in some of the later rounds, you know, you round six, seven, if you're lucky. Um, I think he's going to go a bit higher than that, though. I think people are kind of eyeing him off as a premium mid option that's going to be averaging around the high 40s, low 50s, which is fair enough. If he can if he can take that lock spot, especially with Lane and Maddow out for the opening month of the season, he could... Hold that spot down if he if he plays well enough. So um, there's good value there in Hopgood, depending on how the first couple of months of the season pan out, and you know where Maddo kind of fits into the Parramatta team um, once he's back. For sure, yeah,
1: I don't mind that as well. Your man Hopgood.
0: Yeah, I think I think he's he's due for a big season this year, and I think that Maddo and Lane will be the edges going forward. I I don't think Mato would take Hopgood's spot, especially if you're investing in a player like Hopgood to be your, your starting lock. You kind of want to give him time in that position. Yeah, he might struggle to start the season, but if he's meant to be the lock going forward, then you want to give him as many minutes as you can in that position. So I think he will probably get 60 plus minutes throughout the season. It just depends. Yeah, we'll have to see how the first couple of months turn out. But I mean, obviously in classic, it's easy. You can just trade him out. But in draft, you've you've got to mitigate that risk a little bit. So you might pick him up a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's the only, the only difference between classic and draft, really. He's still going to be a, a gun either way. So, moving on to the halves, what is your player that you're watching?
1: Yeah, so I guess one of the obvious ones that I was looking at earlier is Burden. He, uh, you know, could easily be in that kind of round two of your draft conversation um, up there with guys like Dewey, but one's kind of later that I'm looking at is actually the Roosters halves in, in Keary and Sam Walker. Both of them are pretty low on the kind of draft board that's on NRL Fantasy site. So I think, you know, they might potentially be forgotten by some of your league mates if they haven't done their, you know, pre draft rankings and things like that. Luke Keery, um is down at 23 in the kind of overall consensus and i think he's definitely undervalued there at 23 and is arguably kind of a top 15 half there in your in your comp and then sam walker as well if he takes another step up and as we've kind of alluded to through previous pods if the roosters kind of click into gear this year as well i think there's definitely some value with those two
0: yeah, I, I agree completely there. Luke Keery is one that I'm looking at as a potential option if I you know, don't have a half um, and it's getting kind of towards the middle rounds and I need to pick up a half that obviously won't be um, you know around the average of 50. Um, Keary has the potential to be up there and same with Sam Walker. I think he's averaged higher than Luke Keary, but he also presents one of those options that will improve in score based on last season. What have you got for the center position? I think one of the obvious ones is, is Tony Staggs.
1: He always has that option to kind of, you know, break into that top three of the position. And he's, I think he's at the eighth or ninth overall for the position. So there's, you know, potentially some value there. And I'm always one that I'm kind of like eyeing off when, uh, when I see his name there on the draft board. But I guess my later round flyers and guys that I'm kind of looking at, one of them is Bradman Beth. I think he just kind of had a bit of a, a weird season last year as well with, uh, you know, injuries and, yep. you know, injury-affected games as well, which I think hurt his average. So he's won, you know, he's got another preseason under his belt. He'll have KP throwing him the ball a lot, you'd think, um, playing on his side in the half position now as well. So I think there's definitely some room for him to move back into kind of the top 10 for the position potentially, and you can get him pretty late. I also quite like uh, Thompson from the Rabbitohs. The Rabbitohs have a little bit of a tough draw, but I can see, you know, assuming he holds down that spot and uh, Tane Milne doesn't take it off him, when the Rabbitohs, play some of those easier teams like Dolphins or whoever. Um, Thompson just kind of cleaning up with tries and attacking stats. So I think he could be really valuable there in your, in your centers.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a few guys that um, as a center present some value, but it's all based on form. Like it's going to be the same with the wing of fullbacks, right? There's, there's players that you think, should do better than last season based on, you know, being at a new team, being a new position. Um, I don't know, maybe their roles changed within the the, the squad, but it's really hard to predict who's going to go well. And it's, I think it's based on kind of gut feel when you're choosing these players. Like, what do you, what do you think um, will happen? Like I'm keeping an eye on guys like, you know, the hammer at fullback at the dolphins. He has a chance to actually become a breakout type player, but obviously you're at the dolphins. So who knows what's going to happen there. Um, other guys that I'm kind of looking at, you know, your Paul Alamotti, he has a potential to be a good player at the dogs, but then again, it's his first season coming in as a junior. Will he have a big impact? Who knows? I think he's going to be similar to Will Panasini, to be honest, you know, come in, probably have a rough couple of first rounds, but then get into the groove of things, make plenty of tackles, plenty of meters and slowly kind of build up that average. So he'll be a slow burn for classic over the year, but potentially provides a bit of, um, a bit of value there in draft as well especially considering he probably won't go within your early rounds. He'll be a late rounder for sure. But then I guess the one that I'm kind of interested in at the moment, and this is purely based on the preseason trials, is Aaron Schopp at the, at, the, at the Titans now. I, based on what I've seen of him and how he's been playing with the Titans, he's much he's got a bit more freedom in attack. So he's actually getting the ball early and he's being allowed to run at defenses and he's not passing straight to the winger early. So um, the second preseason trial that they had against the Dolphins really showed it where he kind of, he, he went off the shoulder of, of Tanner Boyd. He came infield a little bit and then ran off his shoulder and he got a short pass and nearly broke through the line. Um, looked really, really solid as well. Like he, in defense, he looked very good. So he's another star that not a lot of people, obviously not really fantasy relevant at the moment, but especially in draft, he's, um he's one to kind of keep an eye on because he, he hasn't had that kind of breakout year yet um, in the NRL. So I think he's one that could go, will go late and does present a bit of value. Yeah, I don't mind that call as well, yeah. Bet you didn't expect that. I, yeah, you definitely didn't expect yeah, I'm shocked. me. am yeah, no, shot. that's, yeah. Uh, yeah but I,
1: I think he's underrated as a player kind of generally. And then, yeah,
0: if he's got some good form for Titans, who knows? The problem is he might have the Brian Kelly effect. Plenty of, Plenty of plenty of show but no go <laughs> <laughs> like sizzle no steak yeah um righto moving on to the the wing of fullbacks what have you got there
1: okay so my value one of them i'm quite big on is turbo i think he is potentially like a early round guy and is probably a little bit forgotten in the NRL fantasy draft <laughs> rankings like he's he's Definitely lower than he should be on uh, on the site ranking. So, I think he you should move him up your draft board definitely. Um, then other guys I'm kind of looking at around here. Reese Walsh is pretty low as well. I think he'll um, at least keep his form from when he was at the Warriors, but there is that potential that he breaks out and has a even better season at the Broncos. So I quite like him as a value pick like that. And then we've talked a little bit about Brian Toto and. We probably should mention about the Talon May news as well and his yeah. uh, ACL is, well, one good for Taruba, who probably gets that right wing spot. But uh, I think it's quite big for Brian Toll. will be playing most likely on that preferred left wing of his. So he's even more of a value for me now. And also someone who's arguably like a round two, round three pick on your, on your draft boards.
0: Yeah, I, I actually really like the Brian To'o call there. I think he will, with, with May out, of course, he'll be getting a lot more ball, especially out of um, the kick returns, like you, like he was before Taylor May came into the squad. He was taking all the kick returns, plenty of meters, plenty of tackle busts. So that should happen again for To'o. But one that I was actually thinking of, like you've met, mes- uh, you mentioned the Taruva news, but I think I saw some news yesterday when when they were talking about May being out for the season that, a junior at the Panthers, um, by Jesse McLean, might be getting that role. So there might be a bit of competition there between Taruva and McLean to see who actually gets that wing of, wing role for um, for May in the into the future. Because even though they've been you know playing Taruva in that role, I think that McLean might jag that spot um, come round one. But I guess we'll wait and see.
1: Yeah, definitely one to watch. I think through is maybe one they see as like a long-term fullback after Dylan Edwards yeah Um, I think that's where he's kind of played his junior footy and stuff like that but yeah I think if he whoever gets that right wing spot definitely presents some value in in the Panthers team that's going to be scoring loads of points
0: yeah yeah absolutely Right. Oh, let's move on to some fan questions, Josh. So got plenty of questions. If you ever have a question for the pod, uh, every Tuesday, we upload on Instagram, a story for you to submit questions. So feel free to send them through to us there. Uh, I'll go with the first one from Fraser. Would you choose Hughes or Dewey in your halves? Um, considering Hughes scored well, I guess a few years back now, um, Do you think that he can come back to form and outscore Dewey, or do you think Dewey's just the obvious choice even at 100K more?
1: Yeah, I'm quite big on Dewey. I think he's the the better choice there. I'm not against uh, Hughes buying a stretch, but I just think Dewey's going to outscore him by a decent margin and is worth the extra cash.
0: Yeah, it kind of hurts when you've got two gun halves at the Storms in Munster and and Hughes sharing the points there. It doesn't... um... Yeah, it's it's a bit hard to choose between them because it kind of ping-pongs back and forth between who averages higher and who averages less. But I think Dewey's a safer option for sure. What about Josh Reynolds at the Bulldogs? Shane asks, do you think he's a buy at 250K?
1: Oh, wow. I guess I didn't realize he was that cheap. But no, he's not a buy for me. Much as uh, it was nice seeing him, you know, cross the stripe and uh, get a meat pie for himself on the weekend. Uh, yeah. I think he would just have a pretty average role in this team. If he, in fact, jags a role, probably just be playing that interchange, getting kind of 20-ish minutes most week. uh, Most week. So there's not a lot of value there. He's probably scoring under 15, 20 points most week and not someone you can really chuck into your team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Patrick asks, top three must-haves for fantasy this season. Uh, I was going to put a post up about this next week, but I guess we can have a quick discussion about it now as well. Before I put that up. Um, what are your top three must-haves?
1: Wow. That's a, that's a big call. I think one of them for me is turbo. I think his must-have with this news of him. Oh, he's only 5% owned as well. I think people are kind of crazy if they're not jumping on turbo. We know how good he is. He's underpriced. Uh, he got that bye week too. So maybe some people are thinking I'll oh, uh, you know, bring him in after that bye. But yeah, I think you've just got to be starting with Turbo. We know what he can do. I think also Hopgood, yeah. everyone's kind of going crazy about him. I think he's got to be in the top top three must-hats just because we know, you know, get that lock roll at least for the first three weeks. Should be getting around that kind of 50 mark and – yeah, could make some cash. And then geez, third is kind of a tricky one. Like there's a few different ways I think you could go with this. I think number three, I'll throw in Brandon Smith. I think he's just so highly owned that you can't kind of go go away from him just in case he goes crazy and yeah. you know, hits this sixty plus, he's, you know, forty six percent owned. If you miss out on him, you're gonna be well and truly behind the eight ball. Um, so yeah, he's probably my number three.
0: Yeah, I've 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 been hearing some talk from some of the other channels about uh anti potting Brendan Smith just because he's so up and down in scores. But considering his role at the Roosters and how much time he's gonna get on the field, I don't see how he doesn't score at least 40, (laughs) to be honest, which is his break even. So I I agree with you there. I don't necessarily agree with Turbo though. I think you could give him a week just to see how he pans out for the first round um, and then look to pick him up in round three when he's back from the, the buy round. So I think you can wait a week on Turbo, but like you said, he's, he's going to be a gun as long as he stays injury free. So yeah, Turbo is a good option as well. Um, Hopgood, obviously I had Hopgood as well. And I actually have Tanner Boyd as my my third must have. So Hopgood, Tanner Boyd, and Brandon Smith are my my three must haves. But Cooper asks, is Tarpany a buy option similar to Cam Murray, but just cheaper?
1: Uh, I think Cam Murray is going to be a lot better than Tarpane. Like I think Cam Murray is going to be getting close to seventies on a on a given week. I think Tarpany will still be. You know, obviously, pretty good. He's a weapon, but I don't think he'll be he'll be that high. So I think if you, I think if you're going with, if you're not going with clearing Hines in your halves, I think you almost need Cam Murray as like a backup captaincy option. And yeah, I'd much rather have kind of Cam Murray as my captain over Tarpinade just because he, he's got that extra probably five plus points in him, which is a decent difference when you're thinking about captains.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. i uh, got a couple of questions from a few guys about um, Teddy and Turbo and um, should you pick them up now or should you pick them up later? Um, we've already kind of talked about Turbo, but what are your thoughts on James Tedesco? Do you think he's a, a good one to start the season with or do you think give him a few rounds and have a look at him then?
1: No, I think he's a good one to start the season with as well. I just It's hard to squeeze him. Mean, obviously, he's pretty expensive. He plays the Dolphins round one, so he could punch out a hundred plus score um against them potentially. Uh, yeah, it's just hard. There's guys like Turbo, there's guys like Toho, who is also um good value there in the wing of fullbacks. We're hopefully gonna have guys like Perham and Clamp Piero that you can they can probably do a job for you there. So yeah, I think it's in an ideal world you'd love to have Teddy there and he's probably, you know, about the right, you know, probably about what his price is going to be throughout the year. He's, I just think there's probably uh, more value elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I don't think he's a start with round one, though, for round one. I get he's playing the Dolphins and whatnot. Um, but Tedesco, every season dips to close to 600K. Every single season he'll dip. So I don't think p- playing paying overs for him to start the season – is smart. I think you're better off, like you said, going some of those cheaper players, like your, your Lockie Millers or your Hayes Perham, even given his, his um, preseason form, Um, you're better off going those kinds of players to make some, make some cash before you jump on a Tedesco who will dip at some point this season.
1: Yeah, that's fair enough as well.
0: Another question tossing up between Liero and Katoa, who would you go for?
1: I'd probably say the one who gets a starting spot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, it's, I thought Katoa looks pretty good in the trial on the weekend um, from what I saw, but I kind of hope Liero gets the spot just because he's a little bit cheaper. But, yeah, Katoa could be an absolute weapon, and it's, in, you know, it's around that kind of Luke Gun a price range. And probably someone, if he gets the starting spot, I'll probably kind of wiggle my team around and try and get him in there somehow yep. as well. So yeah, I think it's just to gets get that starting spot. Yeah,
0: I think Katoa, like you said, he has a slight edge at the moment, but Liero is also an option. Same with guys like, you know, Tarek Sims will probably have the other edge spot. Um, even though I think he's coming into the start of the season with an injury. So maybe it is Katoa and Liero to start the season. Um, but there's also guys like Joe Chan as well, that they picked up that could potentially jag a spot in this team. And Tom Eisenhuth, who's always hanging around. Yeah. There's so many options it's just wait till teamless tuesday i think for for those guys yeah for sure uh lots of questions just asking between like this player or this player so i might just pose them to you quickly and you just rattle off who you think and we'll without an explanation and we'll just leave it at that (laughs) bang yeah some rapid fire yeah uh heinz or cleary cleary
1: grant or robson grant Carrigan or Haas. Carrigan. Ola Kewatu or Tulungu. Uh, Ola Kewatu. Yeah. Okay. Good.
0: <laughs> For a second there, when you paused, I was like, "Wait, what's going on?" <laughs> like, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> um, all good. Uh, yeah, I think based on our previous chats, if you listen to our other podcasts, you'll know exactly why we've gone gone those plays because we've talked about them at length across other pods and even through the Insta. So have a look at some of our content there. Um, is Verils a solid hooker option? The only issue is he's priced at, you know, mid 600Ks, but do you think he's a, an option for this season?
1: No, nah, not really. Not for classic, at least. I'd be looking at guys that present some value, like your Tanner Boyds, like your Smiths, Braley's, etc.
0: Yeah, I think if you're thinking Verils, you'd probably go Tanner Boyd. Instead, cheaper and more potential to score. Uh, yeah. Yep. And make your money. Yeah, exactly. Is David Fafida um, a good pick this year in fantasy? Yeah, I'm pretty big on him. I was even considering him for my must-haves, honestly.
1: Uh, yeah, I think he's going to be pretty good this year. He's, I think he's going to be pretty locked into my team. You just If he explodes at this, this early part of the season. Huge difference maker. And, oh, I should look him. He's five percent owned, which I think is kind of yeah. crazy. Plays the Tigers round one. You could see them, <laughs> you know, like him getting some really big scores uh, against them and some of these other players or teams he plays in the early rounds. So, yeah, I quite like David feeder. I think he's yeah. a little bit undervalued as well.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a bit of cash to make there, I think, and a decent start for round one. Um, in Dave Feeder, uh, Jackson Ford and Matt Dury are the two options that this guy's choosing between for under 400k. If they're both named to start, who would you go with?
1: I think Dory. Yeah, uh, he's on my bench at the moment. If he's getting this starting team start starting spot for the Eels. Yeah, really good. And, you know, we've seen in the trials, he's got a try in him, things like that. So, yeah, quite like him.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree there. Matt Dury will make you plenty of cash in the opening rounds while while Sean Lane's out especially. Um, So I think he's kind of a... he's might also be a must-have to start the season um, as well if he can get 60-plus minutes on an edge there for Parramatta. But Jackson Ford... Based on the trials, he also presents a little bit of value and looks quite good. So yeah, keep an eye on Jackson Ford for sure. He's just a bit more expensive than Basement Price. Uh, righto, Josh. That is pretty much all of our questions. I might just do a a quick a quick roundup of your of your kind of thinking going into the draft, if I could, because um, we've got our our team draft um, coming up this Friday. Um, what are your oh, kind of tips off me? Yeah, pretty much. Um, you've, you've obviously got the first, not the first pick. You got second pick. I'm pretty sure. So you're obviously going to get Heinz or Cleary, but what are you thinking going into the the next couple of rounds? No oh, sorry, mate. trade secrets. Can't, can't
1: <laughs> tell you. Uh, can't give away my secrets uh, to you or uh, anyone else in the league. You might be listening. Um, yeah. Right uh, I was, Yeah, having a look, it honestly just depends on, I guess, who gets taken before me a little bit. Uh, I think if David Vita was there, I'd definitely be taking him. I I would be letting him go to to round four. Um, And guys that we've kind of got in the consensus rankings, uh, you know, if anyone was to slip up and let like, uh, potentially like a Carrigan through or a Yo through or uh, people like that, I'd definitely be kind of jumping on and then yeah, even guys like Angus Cryden, maybe people are kind of hesitant on him. I'd be taking any of those kind of guys that are in the top, at least like 15 in my mind. I think there's kind of a pretty solid top 15 in this draft. And then it kind of gets into the guys like your Hudson Youngs and your Sean Lanes and people like that. So anyone who's, I guess, in that top 15 of my kind of bracket who gets left out on for when I get back to pick 18,
0: Hopefully I'll get one or two of those on that two, three turn. Cool. Just making some notes so that I know what you're aiming for. Um, uh, (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for your time, Josh. Uh, Thanks everyone for listening. Remember, Don't forget to subscribe to our Patreon. Um, Go through the link in the bio of our socials. Um, All the links to all of the good stuff that we do is through there. And through Patreon, you can get bonus episodes, bonus content that we provide for the podcast. And um, we will also be doing individual team analyses through the Patreon. So if you want us to have a look at your team before round one and go through the do's and don'ts and what to do and what not to do, um, feel free to subscribe there and we'll reach out to you directly. Uh, thanks, Josh. Uh, see you next week. Oh, actually, before we, we wrap up, actually, we're planning on doing a live stream next week for Team List Tuesday. So fun times there. Um, if you're hanging around and you're not too busy at work at 4 o'clock on Tuesday afternoon when the Team lists come out for round one, um, be sure to go to our, our socials. We'll put up a link there to our live stream. We'll be doing it through YouTube. Um, and, yeah, feel free to ask any questions you have. We'll be there live to go through all the teams, all the questions you have, and discuss for round one. Awesome. Thanks, Josh. We'll, we'll talk next Tuesday. Oh, no dramas. Sounds good. Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, see you next week.